Good evening. Merry Christmas. Welcome to Trinity Lutheran Church. I'm Pastor Bibb, and a special warm welcome to any guests or visitors joining us on this joyous evening where we celebrate the incarnation and birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. If you have a service bulletin at this time, I'll direct your attention to the inside of the back cover where we have a summary of the readings that we'll hear in our service this evening. You'll find it in the little box where it's labeled, Focused on Christ. Heaven and earth rejoice on this night because the glory of the triune God is manifested in the human birth of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. In Him, the Father's grace, mercy, and peace rest upon the world. The silence of death is broken by this good news of great joy that will be for all people. And all we who have gone astray like lost and wandering sheep, who have walked in darkness of doubt and fear and sinful unbelief, behold a great light in the nativity of Christ. In Him the grace of God has appeared. For this child of Mary who is born for us, this dear Son of God who is given to us, will bear the burden of our sin and death in His own body on the cross. He thereby establishes a government of peace with justice and with righteousness which shall have no end. Not by any work of man, but the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. And of course we also have uh, the additional special uh, joy and privilege this night as our children will be sharing with us some songs of praise to our Lord and Savior and also confessing this divine mystery of what it is that Jesus is both God and man uh, as we get to hear that later on in the service. Our service is evening prayer, which begins on page 243 that can be found in the hymnals in front of you in the pew racks. And our first hymn is 376. We will now sing that at this time. The Old Testament reading for the Nativity of our Lord is from Isaiah chapter 9. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them light has light shined. You have multiplied the nation, you have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as they are glad when they divide the spoil. For the yoke of his burden, the staff for his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, you have broken as on the day of Midian. For every boot of the tramping warrior in battle tumult, and every garment rolled in blood, will be burned as fuel for the fire. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. O Lord, have mercy on us. The epistle is from Titus chapter 2. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions, and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age, waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession who are zealous for good works. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. 
please stand for the reading of the Holy Gospel. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the second chapter. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling cloths, and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of a great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you was born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But, when Mary, tre but Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. O Lord, have mercy on us. All right, kiddos, you ready? Well, Lainey and Elijah, I have a question for you. What is the second article of the Apostles' Creed? And did Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried? He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. What does this mean? I believe that Jesus Christ, true God, begotten of the Father from eternity, and also true man, born of the Virgin Mary, is my Lord, who has redeemed me, a lost and condemned person, purchased and won me from all sins, from death and from the power of the devil, not with gold or silver, but with his holy precious blood, and with his innocent suffering and death, that I may be his own and live under him in his kingdom, and serve him in everlasting righteousness, innocence, and blessedness just as he has risen from the dead, lives and reigns to all eternity. This is most certainly true. Very good. Very good indeed. Well, Lincoln and Luke, who is this Jesus that we confess as our Lord? He is the eternal Son of God who entered human history, born as a man with a body and soul, in fulfillment of God's Old Testament promises. Thus, his both creator and creature, God and man, and one person. 
But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his Son, born of woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. Galatians chapter 4, verse 4 through 5. Excellent job. Very good. Well, Elijah and Laney, what does it mean to confess that Jesus is true God? The Son is God in the very same sense that the Father is God. Namely, he existed from all eternity and together with the Father and the Spirit created the entire universe and everything within it. All things were made through him and without him was not anything made that was made. John chapter 1 verse 3. Very good. All right. Well, Matthew and Nora, what does it mean to confess that Jesus is true man? Jesus is human in the very same sense that we are human except without sin. And the angel, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are yet without sin. John chapter 1 verse 3. Very good.
I have to say it's a joy to hear them practice and sing throughout the school year in preparation for this. Well, Piper, Elijah, Laney, are you ready? What does it mean to confess that Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit? Jesus was conceived in Mary's womb by the will and act of God apart from a human father. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. Luke chapter 1, verses 30 through 35. Excellent. Well, Lincoln, Oliver, and Abigail, what do we call the event by which the Son of God became man? We call this the incarnation, the great mystery that the true Son of God who created the universe entered his creation and became a part of it by becoming a man. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory. Glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. John chapter 1, verse 14. For in him the fullness of deity dwells bodily. Colossians chapter 2, verse 9. Very good. Ren, Katie, and Nora, how did the incarnation take place? The Holy Spirit fashioned from Mary a true human body and soul from the Son of God. Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and, call, and shall call his name Emmanuel. Isaiah chapter 7 verse 14. And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will call upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called the Holy, will be called Holy, the Son of God. Luke chapter 1, verse 35. Very good. We'll now welcome the children's choir up again to sing Away in a Manger.
right, next up is Finley and Piper. What can we say about Jesus as a result of the Incarnation? The Son of God, the creator of the universe, has become our brother in Jesus Christ. For he who sanctifies those who are sanctified all have one source. That is why he is not ashamed to call them brothers. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 11. Very good. Elijah, Laney, Lincoln, and Luke, why is it so important for us as sinners that the Son of God has become our brother? As our brother, Jesus fulfilled our obligation to keep God's law, the Ten Commandments. Jesus suffered and died to pay the penalty of our sin. Jesus overcame death so that we too can be raised from death. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. Galatians chapter 4, verses 4 through 5. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and, the, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Mark chapter 10, verse 45. Christ Jesus abolished death and brought life in immortal, in immortally to light through the gospel. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 10. All right. Now, Nora, Matthew, and Piper, what two natures are united in the one person of Jesus Christ? So divine and the human natures are united in Jesus Christ, the personal Union began when he became man at his incarnation and continues forever. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the, the son, the only son of, the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. John chapter one, verse 14. Christ Jesus abolished death and brought life great indeed. We confess is the mystery of godliness. He was manifested in the flesh. 1 Timothy chapter 3, 36, verses 16. Christ Jesus abolished The children's choir will now sing God Loves Me Dearly.
Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God the Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Our Lord Jesus said, Out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants you have perfected praise. You have heard that here tonight. From the lips of these little ones you have heard the confession and praise of their God and Lord Jesus Christ. And yet, have you ever stopped to think about the fact that Jesus himself was once a little one just like one of these little ones? There's much we take for granted about the Son of God being born in human flesh and also much that we gloss over. Oftentimes, Christmas comes around and we get wrapped up in the romance of idyllic manger scenes and carols, while at the same time, getting distracted by everything else but Christ's birth. If we're honest with ourselves, the whole divine mystery of Christ's incarnation and birth can just kind of wash over us like a warm, happy feeling of here today, gone tomorrow nostalgia. And then when we wake up from the after effects of five to six weeks of Christmas music, parties, and binge shopping, we wonder what it was all about. So I'll go ahead and ask you now, what is Christmas all about? That's right. Amen. (laughs) We've all heard the slogans over the years, keep Christ in Christmas, and Jesus is the reason for the season. But do we Christians actually live like that's true? Is the Christ child laid in a lowly manger, the very heartbeat of your joy tonight and all throughout the year? Or is Jesus, just one of many gods, seeking the choice spot in your heart and mind on December 24th and 25th? The fact is, without Christ, there is no reason to celebrate, because apart from him we would have nothing. Forget the presents, carols, and festive decorations. Were it not for Jesus We would still be in our sins, objects of God's righteous wrath, just waiting for our ever-impending just judgment. As the children plainly and faithfully, and I might add beautifully, confessed to us just moments ago, Jesus Christ is the only begotten Son of God. Our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. On the third day he rose again and ascended into heaven where he sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. You know, on Christmas Eve we don't often draw the connection that the babe of Bethlehem, born to the most likely teenage Virgin Mary, is the divine Son of God who will one day return to be our judge. Our Lord was born in such humility. Just think about it. The grueling four- to five-day-long journey of Joseph and Mary, mostly on foot, I might add. And remember, folks, that that donkey that was with them, that was mainly for hauling the meager necessities of their trip, not for carrying Mary, not most of the time. Then there's the whole business of giving birth with no doctor, no midwife, no running water in a stable among animals with all the, you know, animal stuff that you would find in a stable. What were they to do? They had to make the most of it. And ultimately, when it's time for the baby to come, I'll tell you, that baby's coming, and you're not stopping. (laughs) The laughter's because I birthed my latest son in the car about a year and a half ago. (laughs) Then, after the Son of God was born to his human mother, he was wrapped in swaddling cloths and laid in a beautiful crib that was there from, you know, babies or us. No. No. 
in a manger, a feed trough. And who were the happy, holy family's first visitors? Not mom and dad, nope. A ragtag band of unkempt shepherds who said they saw a vision of angels who told them of the Savior's birth. Yes, it was a humble birth, for sure. Nevertheless, this child was and is God in the flesh, the only God, the one through whom and by whom all things were created, and he will come again to be our judge on the last day. Honestly, that fact would be terrifying were it not for another fact. Jesus is our brother. Jesus is the Son of God and Son of Man. The second person of the Holy Trinity took on human flesh, your flesh, and in doing so, we can call him our brother. God was born of, as one of us to save us from sin, death, and Satan. Now, this is how the Athanasian Creed summarizes this mind-blowing truth. This is the third of the three creeds that we as Christians don't confess that often because of its length. But here's just an excerpt of it. But it is also necessary for everlasting salvation that one faithfully believe the incarnation of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, it is the right faith that we believe and confess that our Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is at the same time both God and man. He is God, begotten from the substance of the Father before all ages, and He is man, born from the substance of His mother in this age, perfect God and perfect man, composed of a rational soul and human flesh, equal to the Father with respect to his divinity, less than the Father with respect to his humanity. Although he is God and man, he is not two, but one Christ. One, however, not by the conversion of the divinity into flesh, but by the assumption of the humanity into God. One altogether, not by confusion of substance, but by unity of person. For as the rational soul and flesh is one man, so God and man is one Christ who suffered for our salvation, descended into hell, rose again on the third day from the dead, ascended into heaven, and is seated at the right hand of the Father, God Almighty, from whence he will come to judge the living and the dead. Yes, this little Lord Jesus asleep on the hay will one day be judge on that glorious last day. And the reason why we can approach that day and every day in certain hope is because he is also our brother who did what we could never do. Jesus lived a perfect life. Jesus was the perfect sacrifice for all sin. You know, folks, people don't like it, especially not in 2023, but we are accountable to God. He has perfect standards, the Ten Commandments, and we break them each and every day. And don't think for one moment that you're pretty good at keeping most of them. Have you ever lusted after a man or a woman that wasn't your husband or wife, even in your heart? Jesus says you're an adulterer. Have you ever wanted, uh, wanting, wanted something bad, forgive me, to happen to another person, even in your heart or mind? Jesus says you're a murderer. But even apart from your sinful thoughts, words, and actions, there's the fact that you were born a sinner. Thanks to Adam and Eve, you were born in sin. It's been passed down to you, and there's nothing you could do about it. The math is simple, but the result is terrible. You got Adam and Eve. Sinner plus sinner equals more sinners, right? Therefore, dear sinner, you need a savior from sin. And that's where Christmas comes in, and that is why Jesus being your perfect brother is such a comfort. 
That little baby born in Bethlehem is your divine substitute. In other words, Jesus took your place for everything. As St. Paul wrote, But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his Son, born of woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. Jesus took your place under God's holy Ten Commandments, and he kept them perfectly. Jesus was baptized in the river Jordan, not for the forgiveness of his sins, but so he could take upon himself all of your sins and my sins and then carry them to the cross for our salvation. Jesus was tempted by the devil in the wilderness. And unlike Adam all the way back in the garden, Jesus defeated the devil. In fact, the book of Hebrews tells us, we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Jesus, your brother, did what you could not. He lived the perfect sinless life, and then he bore your sin to the cross in order to save you from sin, death, and hell, and he has. Thanks be to God. As the Christmas hymn confesses, Why lies he in such mean a state where ox and ass are feeding? Good Christian fear for sinners here, the silent word is pleading. Nails, spear shall pierce him through. The cross be born for me, for you. Hail, hail the word made flesh, the babe, the son of Mary. This child who was lifted up into the arms of his mother and laid in a manger will be lifted up on a cross and then laid in a tomb. And as he was clothed with swaddling bands when he was born, so also he was clothed in swaddling bands as he was tucked into the tomb to rest after all his work was accomplished. And why did he do this? Why? Why for sinners would he do such a thing? Because he loves you. He loves even you, as the children sang. He did it for your forgiveness and your salvation. That is the love of God for you. And he has done it. It's finished, it's accomplished, it's fulfilled as he proclaimed on the cross. And on the third day, Jesus rose from death, having defeated sin, death, and the devil. The good news of great joy that will be for all people was that this Jesus, born in Bethlehem, raised in Nazareth, praised throughout Judea, and pierced outside of Jerusalem, he is alive, even today. Therefore, on this day, we can join our voices to the angels and sing, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Dear Christians, Christmas is about Christ for you. In divine grace, our Heavenly Father gave us Jesus, our brother, to save us. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions, and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age, waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession who are zealous for good works. For such a great gift, folks, we have every reason to celebrate, for God has given to us a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. In the name of Jesus, amen. The peace of God which surpasses understanding, watch and guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. O God, you make this most holy night to shine with the brightness of the true light. Grant that as we have known the mysteries of that light on earth, 
we may also come to the fullness of his joys in heaven. Through the same Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Once again, welcome and a blessed Christmas to all of you as we now begin our 12-day season of joy and celebration, a rejoicing that God has become one of us and His Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, and has rescued us from sin, death, and the devil. Thanks be to God. Uh, we do have a divine service with Holy Communion uh, tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock in the morning. Uh, and then, um, let's see here. Uh, a week from now, we've got our matins service with the installation of officers, and then that evening, our New Year's Eve Vesper service at 5.45 p.m. Uh, I do commend to you this little summary here about the Nativity of our Lord um, in the, uh, on the back of your bulletin. And if you're wondering what the strange words in the picture there with Jesus and Mary mean, uh, that's halagos, that's the Greek for the word, as in the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory. Thanks be to God that we have such a Lord and Savior who has become one of us and saved us from sin, death, and the devil by his death and resurrection, and freely gives that gift to us, no cost, uh, all by his grace, as we hear his word and the Holy Spirit brings us to faith through the hearing of that gospel. God's peace be with you in your celebration. I'll greet you at the door.